They're one of the most fascinating and innovative artists in the AI art genre. Today, we're welcoming Tukes to the show to discuss the thoughts and process behind some of the most interesting images to cross our screens in the last year. Artist Journal, October 25th, 2023, broadcasting live from Teormina, Sicily, and New York City on Rug Radio via Twitter Spaces. My name is Adrian Pocabelli, and we welcome back co-host, artist, and conversationalist to the show, Runtoon. I hope you're feeling better. Feeling much better, thank you. Yeah, I was really bummed to have missed last uh, last week, but you know, nature calls, I guess. <laughs> nature does indeed call. I try and take care of that before the show starts, but you know. Yeah. I, I but no, this music, this triumphant music here, is like the return of Rune Tune getting better. Is how it feels <laughs> to me. As, this, as the very heavy espresso hits, how, how's your week going, Rune? Are you so you are feeling better? Yeah, feeling much better. It was just like. Uh, so I, I went I went back home to visit some family last week and my flight was pushed three and a half hours earlier than it was supposed to about like, you know, 12 hours before the flight was supposed to happen. So I ended up not getting any sleep last week uh, and then just like touched down and hit the ground running. And, you know, I was like sick before I left, but like feeling better. And then it just like pulled me down. So, yeah, it was just. Um, it was just a lot of bad timing last week. Uh, but how about you? You've been having quite the vacation. You're in southern Italy right now? Yeah, I mean, it is a working vacation. I keep reminding oh, okay. myself. But, you know, yeah. I never actually take vacation, but I'm kind of always uh, like, well, I shouldn't say I'm always taking vacation. But, you know, like when I was in Rhodes, for example, did I take time off the show? I actually did take time off the show, but now I'm sort of like... Uh, you know, just everything that I do, I, I kind of never stop working. And I actually kind of like it that way. Uh, but no, it's been fascinating. Uh, it's what a, it's been a wild. Like I've never actually worked remotely in the sense that like I've done it here and there, but this is probably the most extended kind of leg of a remote working that I've ever done. So it's kind of interesting. It's almost like you have to acclimatize to that lifestyle. So, and you'll make sure you're not eating out every meal and this sort of thing, like that you're not acting like it's a vacation and that you are getting exercise, you know, because I don't go to the gym. So uh, it's been great, though. I saw relatives in Rome. Uh, there's, uh, for whatever other work I do, a big conference in London. It was a big thing. Uh, so that went really well. And uh, other than that, yeah, I'm, so then I ended up in Sicily at Teormina here. And uh, three weeks. I mean, that's longer than my summer vacation. So that's it's incredible. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm kind of scared, but I'm like, I'm like, what does this mean? Is this actually possible? Is this almost too good? To, you know, like, really, <laughs> I can do this? I almost don't want to give myself permission to enjoy, you know, the scenery this much. Go off. Go hard. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So for a guy from Saskatchewan, life is pretty good here. So. Uh, <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Look at this show and, you know, big shout out and hi to Tukes out of Brazil. Tukes, how is your week going? Hey, friends, can you hear me? I can. Loud and clear. I can. Oh, nice. hey, thanks for having me on your show. Super excited to, to be here with you all. And yeah, 
uh, week, my week's doing great. Uh, just mainly doing like family things, taking my son to swimming classes and doing house stuff. And yeah, doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. I mean, you're probably right up there with Ed Marola as far as people that say I've just been looking at art that I've found interesting that I put on the YouTube. Uh, you're right up there. I mean, and I will never forget some of those works that you posted on Super Rare. Uh, I think I called that show Staring into the Heart of a Machine. Like, they're so original. You know, and I remember you actually, I think we messaged like six months ago and you're saying how, you know, almost everything, all aspects of the process that you do, and we don't need to go too deep too quickly here, but was using ChatGPT, AI and everything. So anyways, it's, it's really great to have you on after all this time. I've never actually heard you, uh, you know, in a space. I've seen you in lots of space, but I've never actually heard you in a space. So it's great to talk to you all the same. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I actually, like, I, I use the computer most of, of my day. Like, I, I either using my computer or using my, my smartphone. So I enjoy listening to a lot of spaces. I don't, I don't do much uh, talking myself, like in spaces. And, and, but I, I like to, to listen and to participate and and thanks for the for your generous words my friend uh regarding the images i create uh i since since i discovered digital art uh many years ago i i kind of entered in this in this frenzy where i i cannot stop creating anymore it's it literally consumes all my time and and everything I am. Well, I was almost shocked to hear that you have kids and that you're tidying up around the house because I was thinking to myself, how does Tooks have any time to do any of that with all of your output? Yeah. That you're putting out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually feel the same. Like, uh, I'm completely consumed by, by digital art. And I have a very busy life, like, regarding personal uh, responsibilities. Like, uh, I'm a father, I'm also a husband. And I do I do take care of the house because I am mostly inside the house. So I I do house things. We have like four pets as well. So there's a lot of, of, of things to do. And 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 my my son is is only six years. So a lot of things to do with with him with him as well. In and in and it, it feels it feels almost like I am ha half completely attached to the digital space. So. Uh, it, it's like I'm not. It's I. I feel splitted somehow. Like I. 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 It's very difficult to explain how I am a hundred percent online all the time and a hundred percent online in my house as well. It's it, it's a. Uh, it's it's difficult to explain. You know, I was going to ask you if it's dogs or cats, because uh, that makes a huge difference in terms of your workload. But you know. Actually, yeah. a quick. What is it? Are they dogs or cats? Yeah, the two dogs. And oh two man, cats. that is a heck of a lot of work. My cousin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My cousin in Rome has four dogs, and it's at least she's kind of out in the country, so she doesn't have to walk them like twelve times a day or whatever it is. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of the same here we have like a, a space where they they can just run free and and wild 
So we don't have like to go outside the house with them many times because they have some kind of, of space to run and, and do their, their Exactly, stuff. and do their stuff. Exactly. So, I mean, just one kind of thought on what you're just saying too is I kind of relate to what you're saying as far as the digital kind of living your life in the digital world. Like it's almost something that happens to you once you kind of enter this space in kind of a, you know, committed or semi-committed way that all of a sudden you're kind of always on. And, you know, if you reach a certain amount of, you know, prominence, basically, you always have notifications. There's always a message that you can answer. And absolutely, right? and, absolutely. And, and so I think it kind of contributes to exactly what you're talking about. It's kind of like you always can open your phone and kind of do some work. Uh, so I, I kind of under, and I think a lot of people are probably like that in this space and increasingly more and more people are like that. So exactly. Uh, I, I feel like I am the, in this sort of state since 2014, because that's, that's when I actually discovered digital arts and that I was able to be a creative person and to be a creative and to, and to create things without like, learning how to draw for example or learning how to paint or or having any sort of of technical skills and and then i i i i entered in this in this kind of mind state where it was when when i created tux for example tux was first created on on a facebook page back in 2012 mm. so that's that's when I that's when I started creating like digital images. That's when I I learned about glitch art, for example, and and I when I discovered this, like I discovered also people had anonymous anonymous profiles, like they had crazy names and crazy they they shared like very different images, and then all all this environment like got me. Mm, that's very interesting, and uh, I I I always had this this kind of desire. I don't know if it's the correct word to abstraction and to subversion, for example, and, and to become other things and to and to keep changing into other things. And I think that reflects on my art and that re reflects on my personality online and all this this sort of stuff. I think you might be on to something there. And I mean, I, there's so many questions I want to ask you. And I guess the first, like, I, I you know, when I want to get into your art, I mean, we're already 12 minutes into this show. But, uh, you know, as far as the whole anonymous accounts, in a sense, like, just to kind of, you know, get a little bit more information on that, were you sort of, uh, what was it? in a sense of the anonymous accounts that really kind of excited you again, was it this kind of, was it, was there something as you're saying, kind of subversive about it, uh, almost like an alter ego and you could always change it if you yeah. wanted to, like, how do you mm -hmm. think of that whole anonymous, uh, issue? absolutely. That was, that was one of, one of the most impressive things for me when I first saw and I first learned about it back in 2012, 2013, when I was like, a I was like navigating through Facebook and I always, I always felt a bit weird myself because all my friends and all my family, they, they were creating like Facebook profiles and stuff like that. And they all enjoy like 
they all enjoy like putting their own faces and taking selfies and uh, their own pictures and, and stuff like this. And I always felt a bit odd to me, this concept. And then I was like navigating through, through Facebook and then I discovered two different groups. One was the, the Glitch Artist Community and the other one was called Free the Pixels. And in, inside those two communities, I discovered that there were people with different profiles, with different names, with sharing images, sharing distorted images, displaced images, textures. And then I, and then I discovered digital art. And, 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 and then, and that was when I started experimenting. And that's when I decided to create an outer regal myself. So that's when Tux uh, started to, to share image online. And it's, uh, I, I am not sure why I find this interesting, but I think this is very interested, interesting and it gives some sort of freedom, some sort of enjoyment, at, at least for myself, to be, to have like a, a anonymous, anonymity and to share different things and to use different names and to, and to be, and to do and to be whatever you, you feel like, you know, it gives me some sort of enjoyment. I, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, again, I, 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 and I, I've never done that, but I feel like I can relate to what you're saying in the sense that I guess if you say, take on an anonymous profile, if it all, if you do something terrible or something bad happens or if your reputation, you know, gets killed, you just start another, like there's a freedom in that, in the sense that you can kind of do whatever you want. Maybe you can take a few more risks in a sense, perhaps. Uh, yeah, and even artist artistically. Yeah, and I, and I mean, I mean, bad people will do bad things anonymously or not, you know? So that's like a, it's like a more of a person's thing because uh, it is very, I, I, I have like, I, I think it's very interesting because when I, when I discover digital art and when I discover all this sea of images we have on the internet, all different styles and different uh, aesthetics, and different images out there, I discovered that I actually could be a lot more and a lot different than what I, I was like body and physically and like uh, my real life and stuff like this. I think the virtual space gives a lot more of possibilities for creative minds out there. Yes, I, I, I think you're, sorry, the espresso is hitting the back of my throat. I, I totally uh, agree, and I want to bring in Runetune in a second here, but I just have one question. Maybe, uh, one question just about how you started. So you started in 2012 with Tukes. Like, did you go to art school? Like, can you just tell us a little bit about how you kind of got into art and how you, how you proceeded? Like, did you start with paint, painting? And could you just talk a bit about, about that? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, sure. As I uh, get some water. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Well, uh, I, I, did, I, I did not come from a family of artists. Like, I don't have like, like any artist influences in my family, for example. My father was a seller 
and my mother was like uh she she took care of the house and of their their kids and uh i discovered arts when i was like uh, i i completely the the normal school in brazil and then you have to do university and i was very very lost like in what to do and i did some different courses along the way and one of them was the 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 course of design and in the course of design i have like a a, a class that was like freehand drawing and that's when i i first have have the experience to actually create something without the need to learn a technique for mm. example because when you, when you are like freehand drawing you can just actually move the pencil around and and move the 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 brushes around and and do movements with your hands and maybe put some intent you I don't know like to do what you're doing and coloring and stuff like that and that's when i discovered that i could enter in a state of abstraction and and I, and i think that's one of the things i always seeked in seeked in, inside of me as a person like the need to abstract and the need to get out of of this this the, in this place we are everybody like in in this in this world and, and to go to somewhere else and, and to like in some sort of activity to free the mind and to just lose yourself doing some kind of movement, some kind of repetition. I believe with meditation is similar. Mm. It's a similar practice. And so I, I start, I, I, I have no idea how to draw. So I had no idea how to paint. So I always felt a little bit left out in the university because all the cool people, they all, all, all of them in the university, they have very beautiful skills they all know how to to draw and to paint and i didn't i was completely like i had zero talent to to draw into into stuff like that and i i discovered that i could fulfill myself just by for example doing circles <laughs> on, on on a on a on a canvas for example <laughs> and then feeling then like one color and the other color and then i this this was like my first art creation activity and this from this moment i it was like 2010 i think and from this moment i went to to do like art on the streets i went to do like street arts like to paint murals i use it to draw like to to paper and stuff like that and in 2014 2013 i i discovered digital arts and then and that was when i i discovered that i could have the same feeling digitally and that's changed every, everything for me and, and just one last question before i uh, i pass it over to runetune to ask some questions i when you say you discovered digital art was that like tumblr or like wh what does that mean when you say you discovered digital art like where did you discover digital art uh, i discovered digital art in 2012 through facebook wow Wow. And, and and then and then Tumblr and then and then the whole world opened up to huh. me. But it started it started in 2012 on Facebook on actually two great communities. 
that that were like very active like like this nft community we ha we have mm -hmm. here we had something similar back then just people sharing art and sharing images and stuff like that that is so cool runtune let me pass it over let me bring you into the conversation here uh, do you have any questions uh, for tukes um yeah i mean i definitely want to eventually get into your process with how you've been making a lot of the recent work these last couple of years. But uh, yeah, this story is really, really intriguing. Um, it's, it's funny that you discovered digital art through Facebook. I think that's kind of awesome. But um, I feel like your story sounds similar to a lot of other digital artists that I that I know of where I feel like so many artists uh, in the last few decades that that I know people who have been working with like traditional mediums, like some of the classmates you've described, you know, you, you develop these skills and you become kind of attached to the medium or the, that type of artwork. But it, it seems, it sounds like you were never so super attached to it. And it allowed you kind of this space to really like go after the digital arts, like hardcore. Uh, what were you first making digital art with? That's a great question. Uh, when I when I discovered it, it's one of one of the first concepts I discovered was like one. It's like one, one almost like one philosophy digitally. That's 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 in in a digital image. Every every pixel you have on on the screen they can change you know so that that means that every image that is online that is uploads online they can become something else you know so that's when i discovered glitch art for example and that changed everything to me because i could for example uh, download poco belly profile picture and then i could glitch it it you know, and then it would turn into something else, and and that gives me that gave me so much possibility, and and I always had like this passion for abstract art, and I believe that's a very very strong tool to create abstract art, like when you just manipulate pixels, you use maybe glitch techniques, or maybe you can go like into Photoshop, for example. And using like healing brushes and using like collage to, tools to bring some, to change pixels around, you know, like to, to displace them and to distort them and to maybe use some different colors and stuff like that. And, and this, this, this was one of the most motivations for me and one of the most impressive things in my opinion to, to create digital art. Because I, again, I did not come from a background of artists back then. You know, I, I was not from a traditional family. I, I, I had no, not, not a single traditional art skills and stuff like that. And so when I learned that I could, I could actually create something and, and actually doing like through repetitive, to, to repetitive process and to repetition, like to keep to keep doing something until something weird happened, for example. And then you use 
a tool, for example, you, you can use a, a tool on Photoshop, for example, in a way it's not intended to be used and to see if it's something different happens, you know, it's like, it's like hacking a little bit. So all, all these, all these concepts was, and still is one of the most inspiring, inspiring things to me. But regarding, regarding tools, the first technique I learned to do uh, uh, digital art was a glitch technique called, called the word pad effect. And it, it was mainly, it's a very common glitch technique that you actually, you open up an image inside WordPad in the, in the text editor. And then it gets all messy and then you can delete things and stuff like that. And then it just glitched the image. It just break the, the image, the image. And, and then it, it becomes something else. That was, that was the first technique I learned. And then I did learn a lot of different techniques, like glitch, like glitch techniques where you open files in softwares. They are not intended to be open so that you, you're going to break the file. And then it may be, it may be bring some visual aesthetics that may be pleasing to you and then you can do this with all sorts of data you can do this with sound as well like if you, if you are a sound artist you can break sound files for example audio files and and then i discovered that for example using photoshop i could mimic the process to make an image look like it was glitched like true, like a, a a real glitch process, but actually, actually not. It was just like a digital painting or digital collage, you know. Just like you learn that you can with digital painting and digital collage, you can actually mimic aesthetics to make it look like something, you know. But it's actually not, and 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 it's very powerful with AI right now, right? So I think a lot of people are having fun with AI doing different styles, different techniques. It made it made a lot easier for artists to experiment, right? So you started with a lot of like glitching and stuff like that. When did you first get into using AI tools? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I first I, I first started with, with glitch techniques and glitch related softwares and all the Adobe, Adobe stuff as well. And and the glitch, uh, the AI came first in 2018 for me when, when I discovered the, the software run, runaway ML and, and I downloaded it and I, I had some, some first experiments like with AI. I still have some images I generated back then in my computer. And, and it was mainly this, this software for me. And I, I remember that. There were like the Google Deep Dream stuff as well that did their, their thing. But for me, it was, uh, I enjoyed that, that, that software runaway ML that is people still what, using right, right now. What is it called? I've heard of Google Deep Dream, but this other one I haven't heard of. It's, it's runaway ML. Runaway ML. Yeah. It's, it's a very, a very pop, a very popular software these days as well. It gets actually even more. Even more attention after the AI hype. Do you still use it, Tooks? You don't need to tell us. No, no, of course <laughs> I still use it. Yeah, That's uh, so I use it to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, uh, when I when I want to to train, for example, um, 
like to, to get a, a group of images together and to and and then I, I put it into the software and he the software will create some sort of aesthetics of styles from the image you train it. I I used I use runway mainly for this. And also when I'm working with video, for example, I'm doing some video art. I like Runaway ML as well to edit videos because it has some, some very cool effects and stuff like that. You know, one of the really interesting things that kind of came out of this discussion so far that I, I observe, like, it's something that Sabato mentioned, which is, uh, you know, and I see it here, which is that a lot of AI art, you know, I guess glitch artists used to treat, you know, AI as kind of a glitch thing, or a lot of glitch artists would use AI. And it sounds like, you know, you can, it almost sounds like for you to a certain degree, and tell me what you think of this, it's like AI is almost an extension of glitch or a kind of, you know, disrupting of things or just like in a different way, but where you basically, I guess, with glitch, you take something, you disrupt it, I guess with AI, you're putting in a prompt, but can you illuminate that? Or are you glitching the AI ever? Uh, yeah, yeah, go for it. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm still glitching the AI. <laughs> and I'm, I, I still believe that I'm like working with some sort of hacking techniques, glitching techniques, even using AI, even even using Midi Journey only. Because, because sometimes it's more, it's more of, a, of a concept. You know what I mean? It's it's more like what's your intention and, and how you're using the tool to come up with an idea, for example. It's almost it's almost philosophy, you know? For example, if I get if I download Poco Belly profile picture and if I download Room Tune profile picture, and if I blend them together using mid journey, what am I doing? It's you know? interesting. Like what is this what is this process about, you know? It like because one one thing is certain a a third image will surge you know will create and what is this third image now it, because it's a completely it's a complete different entity from the first two images you know that's glitching for me hmm. i mean you illustrate it very beautifully in very simple terms which frankly makes it sound philosophical I mean, it, it it is kind of a philosophical issue. And then, you know, you try different softwares and blending. I've only used blending with Midjourney, uh, but I have to say I was incredibly impressed uh, with what Midjourney could do. Yeah, and, and, and exactly. And, and by doing this process, that, that, that's one thing that is very important in my process. That's repetition, for example. When you... When you, you, for example, let's do the as, as example I just gave. Let's download profile pictures from different users. For example, I just mentioned Pocobelli and Roomtune, and then we'll blend them, and then we'll create a third image. What if we do this exercise a hundred times with different images, with different uh, users? Once one thing is, is certain, you will surprise yourself once because it's going to come up. Some of the results maybe are going to impress you, you know, and then maybe you have up, up something to work with, you know, and that's, that's what one of the, the biggest things in, in my work, you know, I just, I just do things repetitively. And then sometimes I discover some visuals that 
I pretty much enjoy. And then, and some, and some of them are, and this is a practice that it, it's so, it's so intimate. It's so personal that it's, I think people can, can see me through my images. You know, that's, 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 for me, that's what about creating images. Go ahead, Rune Tune. Yeah, that, that was a beautiful, uh, I feel like we could just take that 15, 20 seconds there and turn it into a commercial for digital art. Uh, Rune, sorry, Rune Tune, did you, were you going to say something? Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I, I love, I love your uh, perspective on these tools and, and what it all means. Um, I'm wondering, have you ever, uh, like in, in people in your lives, have you ever experienced any pushback to the the use of AI or the use of glitch or to the art that you make? Uh, I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question, please? Have you ever experienced any pushback from any friends, artists, family, people that, you know, people in the community, oh, okay. you know, mm, especially uh, yeah. early on when you were first using these tools, because, you know, for a lot of people, even still today, uh, it's hard for some people to accept, um, a lot of these types of tools mm -hmm. as art and not that, you know, I believe in what they, but like, you know, I, it's always, it's always an interesting thing when I, uh, you know, come across someone who's kind of resistant to a lot of the stuff that's happening digitally um, or otherwise. Absolutely. And I always like to hear like, you know, from other artists, what their perspective is and how they handle that type of pushback. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I mean, if we if we take to to the online world, that's always going to be criticism and and hate and stuff like that. But when I when I started back then, like in my in my real life, let's say like my family and my friends and the people around me around my city. They, they honestly, they didn't understand what I was doing with the images, with the softwares, with the crazy profiles, because I didn't, when I discovered all that, I didn't have like a Facebook profile of my own anymore. You know, like I didn't have like an Instagram profile of my own, like with my friends and taking pictures in, in restaurants and stuff like, like that. I didn't have it anymore because it completely changed my, my world. And and, and people in, present in my life, they always felt a little bit weird about it. Like, like they, didn't, they didn't understand. They, they thought like I was maybe having fun or maybe I, I gone crazy and stuff like that. They kind of ignored it. And, and during many, many, many of the first years, I, I actually tried to, to go along with other artists, like to go along with, in galleries and stuff like that. But none of, none of the traditional people back then actually thought like glitch art, for example, was like a solid form of expression, a solid form of art. They didn't, they didn't care about it back then. I, I think nowadays it's way better for artists because we are, we, we, we have this, this place we all together, we are all together. And so we kind of rely much more on each other. It's, it's, that's one of one of the great things about the internet, right? You have like this possibility to to meet people alike and to create create a community around something. So, uh, th and that's that's one of one of, 
Oh my God, my dog's going crazy. I, I was going to say thank you for taking the time out of your very busy day to <laughs> to, to join us. No worries, Please no worries. continue. Yeah, and then uh, one of one of the one one curious thing is that when I started, uh, for example, I started in, in 2012. In 2014, I was already like a big presence online. Let's say, like I I already participating in exhibitions. I was already with my work going to places and stuff like that. And and Tux was already a thing. And and people knew about Tux back then. And people in and, and, and people in my city, in my real life city, didn't even know what Tux was about. You know? And that was crazy for me. Because I I, I mean like people are actually engaging with me like and and co- and replying and liking and sharing and uh, invitations to exhibitions and to shows and stuff stuff like that, while people in your city that you go to the McDonald's that that you go to to a party and that you go to to a family meeting and that you go to uh to drink a beer they didn't even know about any of this. It's like nobody cares who you are in the real world, but on the digital world, yeah, you're it's, like this thing. It, it, yeah. it, it it is almost like if I didn't have a proper profile, like with my real name, with real pictures of me and my family, and sharing my accomplishments in real life and stuff like that, I didn't matter, you know, for for society around me, you know. If I had if I had like this strange persona online with a strange name, sharing strange pictures. And talking strange philosophy, it did. It, it didn't matter. It's like it, it, this. This dude is is crazy somehow. You know. Can I ask a quick question just about your name? Does it mean something? Yes. Uh, my name. My real. My my real name is Arthur, and and my mother, when I was born, she gave me a nickname based on some sort of thing she had. Like, and that nickname was. Tuka. Oh, perfect. And 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 Tux is just like a glitchy way, a different way of writing Tuka online, for example. You know, my girlfriend's Bolivian, and yeah, nicknames are pretty common. Even one of her friends, uh, we call his name is Nacho that I ended up renting my apartment from in Berlin. Uh, so yeah, no, it's hilarious. Uh, that's a bit of a thing over there, from what I hear. Um, quick. Question on the market side of things. So tell us a little bit, like, were you selling digital art before NFTs or were you, you know, were you just simply doing it for the love of it and what you just loved doing it? And then all of a sudden NFTs happened and all of a sudden you had all this preparation and you could just kind of keep going uh, with NFTs. So uh, how did the NFT uh, thing kind of, and were you selling before NFTs? Absolutely not. I was doing for complete passion. Like, as, as I said in the beginning, it is like a practice that consumes me. It gives me so much joy and so much distraction and dissociation from, from real life that it is who I am. Literally, it is who, who I am. And so basically, all, always for passion and, and, at some points back then, I I wanted to maybe enter the market of digital arts, and I approached galleries back in 2014, 
But all the replies were all negative for me. And then I, oh, and then I had the idea, okay, I'm going to do like digital arts commercially. And then I just couldn't do this because this doesn't fit, fit my practice because I could not, I couldn't like follow some instructions, for example, to do something that's, that's just doesn't happen when I'm, when I'm creating. And so complete failure uh, regarding market conditions before NFT. The closest I got to work with digital arts back then before NFTs was, was working in, in electronic music festivals, for example, doing the VJ thing, like doing vi visual, visual mapping projections. For sure, yeah. And that was, that was the closer I get to, to working with digital arts back then. Uh, I only started actually becoming a full-time artist in 2021 with NFTs. Totally fascinating. And, you know, I, I relate. Like, I mean, I was, I started probably, like I did some digital art actually, you know, 2000, maybe 1999, but I didn't really stick with it. It was actually the iPhone, the iPhone 6S, where I started to really, where it became kind of my main tool as an artist. And I started to, you know, drop the paintbrushes. And I, and yeah, sorry, I may have had too much coffee here, my friends. Uh, sort of. Oh, but all, all to say, yeah, okay, I remember my train of thought here. All to say, digital art, and pe people forget. Uh, like, it kind of, if you're trying to sell your work, or, or even just to be a digital artist before NFTs, I mean, it was kind of like, I mean, sure, among, like, you know, wolf at the digital art museum there was kind of an area of the fine arts without question that had been happening for decades but generally speaking if you were some 20 something doing digital art in 2015 there wasn't really any money to be made you were purely doing it for the passion and uh and just maybe at the back of your mind you're hoping one day it would mean something and that you're onto something you know but at the end of the day uh, there wasn't really any money. And for me, the greatest challenge for me, and I'd like to hear what you have to say about this. I'll pass it back to Rintun. Uh, you know, for me, the biggest challenge, say in 2016, 2017, 2018, as I went really digital was, how am I going to make this physical so I can actually sell it? And d did you have that kind of question? Were you always trying to make it physical so that you could kind of have some kind of credibility of sorts and, uh, you know, sell your work? Absolutely. That's a great question. And that's always bothered me a lot because I was in love with the digital aspects of things, screens and pixels and technology and always came in and, and, and it, in the end, it always came up. Oh, how am I going to print it? You know, it's always end with the print back totally. then. Totally. And and that was something that really bothered me because I always ask myself, why printing? If this is digital, if, if, if we are like every days, every time with, with screens, turn it on and we are watching screens all the time, you know, and digital, digital art is meant to be displayed, you know, on a screen. And, and don't get me wrong on, on this take because I love, I love physicals as well. I have some friends in my, in my house, 
but it, it's it's more like of a concept, like a, an idea. I believe, you know, it's like uh, I don't think one thing ex excludes the other. It's just like a, a personal idea I have around around digital arts and prints and stuff like that. And that's also one thing I believe. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe maybe not, but I believe like in the next ten ten years or so, we are going to be watching a huge shift on display technology. Mm. And I believe we are going to to start seeing a lot of crazy displays of all sizes that we can just carry around maybe and stuff like mm. that. And 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 I believe the, I, I just believe display technology is going to be completely wild in the next years. You know, I'm curious to see to hear what you think about like this. This brings up a, a subject that I'm really interested in, which is like, what is the original artwork? Um, because I I don't really hear anyone else talking about this a whole lot. But with physical artwork, you know, the physical artwork is the it is the original artwork. And with digital, one could say it's, you know, whatever is whatever image is connected to the token that officiates it right but when an artist is making their digital artwork it's on a specific computer on a specific screen and that artwork will change depending on what you're viewing it on and that's something that is kind of fascinating to me because i could put out a piece of artwork and mint it tomorrow and everyone from all over the world could see a variation on that based on the technology that they're viewing it from. Do you have anything to Yes. Yeah, what uh, what are your thoughts about this? I think I think that's fascinating, you know? I think that that idea of ever changing of the of the digital work, it's fascinating for me. And it's indeed like people with different screens, with different screen sizes, with different monitors, maybe their monitor is broken, maybe their screen is a little broken and stuff like that they always are going to experience the work differently. And that's fascinating. And that's a huge, I think that's a huge idea and belief of, of how modern society is. You know, that's just like a, 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 thing, a, a thing of, of the present, you know? Like, and, and, that's, and that's one of the, one of the things that, that, that actually different, differentiates physical art to digital art, for example. I think that's a feature, not a bug, you know? And, and I love that. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. And so, I mean, have you, have you experienced, um, is there any, like, do you have any intention of making a lot of your work physical in any way? I, I know that Pokebelly was just talking about this, but um, yeah. Do you have any? Do you have any that you've ever made that are physical? Like, have you yeah. ever uh, done the digital to physical? And absolutely, actually, uh, one of one of my one of my biggest dreams as a human being is to is to bring is to bring the the pieces I create from outside the screen to physical pieces, and maybe paintings and maybe prints. And maybe like big screens from different sizes, like take taking it from the from the from the virtual realm to the physical realm. It's something that I always wanted to do, but it, it it's a lot of money, right? 
to to do physicals and to do prints and to do things and to do things with high high quality in the physical world for example like to do a great print with a bigger size it's it's a lot of money you have to 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 have to do these sort of things and uh, same thing with screens if you're going to to buy like a a really nice digital display it's going to be expensive so that's not so that's not so easy to do but it's it's obviously something i i want to to try to do more one day for sure and i i also we haven't really gotten to this but i really want to hear you talk about your process uh as it is today like yeah how, how would you uh, describe like the way you sit down and make artwork yeah i i just want to mention quickly one thing that that came up and, and that we we passed and didn't have the 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 time to to mention but when room room was speaking he mentioned or original he mentioned the word original and originality and i i do wonder with everybody in this room what what does it mean to be original what originality means um i i see that uh, uh, that's a lot of discussions around this. Oh, I'm original. Oh, he's not original and stuff like that. I think that's a great reflection for, for everybody in the community to be asking themselves, what does it mean to be original? Because, because if originality means only that the person, for example, have like a strong, like beautiful style, aesthetically pleasing, for example, that doesn't mean anything, right? Because if you if you think if you think yourself, every every style you see, every image you see, I got I guarantee you that people that have done it before, before you, you know, like the thing the thing you you are creating now, it's it's original because you are creating it, you know. That's the context of the of the piece. That's you in this moment of time. You are creating this piece. This means originality. Originality doesn't mean like the aesthetic, how it looks. It doesn't mean anything visually, because everything was already created before. Not like none of us is doing something like completely outstanding from a point that it's never made before. You know what I mean? Well, I would be tempted to say, I mean, as you're discussing that, I was thinking, you know, you make some of the most original art uh, that I actually see, you know, uh, particularly using AI. I mean, what do you have to say about that? I mean, do you think, like, when you're making art, sort of to follow up on what Runtoon was saying, are you trying to make something, in a sense, that has never been seen before, or a certain kind of style and aesthetic? Because I'd argue you kind of are, to a certain degree, doing that, whether it's intentional or not. I assume it's intentional. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a different. It's a di very difficult question to answer because it's like how people see my work, right? But I, I believe like people, people see my work as very original because it reflects my personality. It reflects who I am and who this person is as an artist and it's and it's so natural it's so fluid that it is original i don't uh, uh, of course 
if if you are doing something that is aesthetically different from what everyone else is doing, it will all also stand out. But I do, but I do believe originality comes from from a place of of more like how natural this thing is, you know, because uh, I don't know. That's that just how I feel, you know. Uh, it, it's a it's a very it's a very good reflection. It's a very it's a very good thing to think about because what what does it 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 mean to be original? Like why would you say, for example, why would you believe my work is original, based based on based only on the images, or or based on 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 stuff else? You know, I don't know. That's a that's a very great uh, that's a very great question. Yeah, I I would say like the style. Like I think of your gradient. Uh, particularly the AI stuff, I'd say from the last year, I haven't seen a ton of your earlier work. So it's actually hard for me to comment on that. And actually, before I forget, uh, if anybody wants to come join the conversation, simply put a request to speak. It is an all-star crowd here uh, with unknown collector, Zach Sabato, Skomra, and I'm just randomly cabling. I mean, what a crowd we have here today. So again, anybody and uh, yet feel free to jump on stage and uh, join the conversation here. Uh, so, but I would say like the gradients, you know, to a certain degree, and it kind of brings up this kind of bigger question that's kind of looming at the back of my mind as we're discussing this, which is maybe it's another, mm -hmm. another way of tackling this question or approaching this question, which is what are you trying to do from a content perspective in your work? Yeah, that's a great question as well. And and just just before answering that, just to complement the the argument before, and let's like let's ask ourselves like what does what does it mean to be original? Does being original means that only you are capable to do what you're doing or it's something else? You know? Because for example, you are saying that my image, they have a very different shape and have very different gradients. But does that mean I am the only one able to do this? You know, so, so, so that's a great question and also a great reflection. And what was the, the follow-up question? Uh, what are you, I was going to, well, just a quick thing. I'd say maybe you're the first to do some sort of works, but uh, just the question was, what are you trying to do? in your work from a content perspective i mean okay, you mentioned yeah. abstraction earlier but you still have representational like do you have a is there a kind of a thematic like a theme that you're going for do, do you have something concrete or is it sort of just whatever works and whatever kind of seems to look good absolutely not 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 a single thing concrete and that's one one of the one of my biggest struggles is to find if is the lack of 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 something concrete is the lack not not the lack of intention because just just the act of doing it is already intention so it's just like the lack of context maybe or the lack of solid uh contextualization to to the piece and i believe this is and and, and this is something i bring with me since i first started back then that i believe that i I find myself in this state of creative, what I call is, is in this state of creative somnambulism, you know, where I just 
keep creating, creating, experimenting, experimenting without any sort of direction. Of course, if I'm going to work with flowers, for example, I know that I'm going to work with flowers, right? But I don't have like any guide or anything that tells me beforehand what I'm going to do. It's more like, it's more like, okay, I am going to do this a hundred times. So then I will see what I'm going to do. You know, it's like, it's like a process. It's like a process driven by repetition. It, and, and, that's, and that's what I connected before with meditation, for example. Because when you are doing something repetitively, you kind of enter in a zone, you know? And if, if this thing you are doing repetitively is abstract, you get even more into this, into this mind state. And, and for me, everything starts abstract. Everything starts with an abstract concept, with an abstract idea. And then I do it repetitively. So I come up with some aesthetic I enjoy. And then I, I come up with something visually pleasing that I enjoy. So then after that, I am going to maybe bring something uh, representative, something figurative. Because one thing that I learned all these years doing digital art is that, at least for me, uh, abstract, abstract art is my passion. I, I, enjoy, I love abstract art. But somehow people... Uh, the, the public, let's say, they really enjoy when you do something that is likely remember something figurative, mm -hmm. something something representative. So that's when I when I start putting figurative things in the images and, and more representative ideas, visually speaking, to the image because I notice that that people enjoy that. You know, that's one of the things that motivates me to to create more phys more figurative pieces. It's because people like it. I understand. And, you know, it, it seems like, uh, it, and I want to get to Slime here in a second. Welcome to the stage, Slime. Uh, but it seems like, uh, you know, it seems like you're doing almost entirely now AI art. Like, And I remember the message we exchanged maybe six months ago, if I remember it right. You're using AI even to create the prompts sometimes, and I'm sure you use all sorts of stuff. I mean, it sounds like you're a scientist of sorts, you know, doing experiments over and over and over again to see what comes out and in a sense to make discoveries uh, of sorts. Um, can you speak a bit, just a little bit more about like sort of the AI side? Like, are you, how much AI are you using in your work? And, you know, how, how far are you trying to take this? Absolutely. Well, nowadays my pro my process is literally like eighty percent AI and twenty percent Photoshop. It just it's it's literally. Of course, I have like fifty different softwares that I can go from time to time to kind of to kind of gather inspiration. You know, I do this often. Like when I when I am doing something for a, a, a long time. For many time, I, I, I often like to dis disrupt the process and to do something else completely different, like to use a, a different software and stuff like that. 
but nowadays i'm i'm in this state right now like i'm this this mind state that i'm completely using ai because i'm completely in love with ai and all these possibilities it brings to, as, as a tool to artists so it's 80% ai and 20% photoshop i when i when i want to change a little bit something i, I go to photoshop mm -hmm. but sometimes it's not sometimes it's not even necessary so basically i am going back and forth from mid journey to chat gpt to stable diffusion and then to mid journey again and then to chat gpt when whenever whenever i need some text i go to chat gpt even if it's to okay what i'm going to call this piece okay what's maybe the description of this piece okay can you can you we bring something maybe conceptual about this piece maybe a philosophic philosophical idea about this piece So I, I let like I let the the ChatGPT interpret my input in many different ways. For example, oh, what this piece is going to be called, or what this piece is going to to be the uh, the description of this piece, or uh, what this piece would inspire. And and then I go, I can go very creative, like uh, for philosophers from the century. And, and stuff like this and i always kind of mix different ideas and concepts i enjoy like it's a great it's a it's a big blender you know all the tools and then, and then i mix all these ideas and concepts i have affinity with i enjoy and then i find interesting and i blend this into my images to create the context to create the idea the title the and, and everything It's 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 a it's a very difficult process because AI ChatGPT. Uh, if you are not, uh, if you don't this uh, too much, like if you don't have a lot of of tries doing it, it will look a lot a lot generic, like one text similar to the other and stuff like that. You have to to find your your way through the through the tool. To actually see what's working and what's not working, and that's like a, it, it's it's similar it's similar to the process of creating an image but working with text. It's just like this letting go, like losing control, and they seeking for something that's unknown and this kind of stuff. It sounds like you're taking it pretty far. <laughs> with that and it almost sounds like and very finally just quickly here uh, before we go to slime and start to wrap up here but uh, you know the artist as editor uh, like what do you think of that idea of you know you're putting stuff in and then you're deciding i like that one and then you keep you know as you say it's almost like making a painting and in a sense you could say making a painting as being like an editor to a certain degree but here i, I feel like there's a lot more novel that's coming from the technology so you're more you know you get your four images from mid journeys for example and then you choose right let's say and then you go more into yeah. so what do you think of that idea of the artist as editor and then slime we're going to go right to you afterwards i think that's that's a great that's a great activity for for artists and and uh, nowadays with ai an image can be created in many different ways You can start with a text prompt. You can start mixing two text prompts. 
you can you can start with an image mixing images and so that's that's idea of remixing because when you say editor you are it's it's like remixing right it's like getting the the idea over and over and again and, and i love remixes and i i actually love 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 music remixes for example when you are doing like music you, you have to sample something like you get something from from this artist and from these other arts and then you mix i love remix future a lot and so i i think that's that's very that's very interesting for artists I, I think I missed a little bit the point of the question. If you if you may if you may want to to repeat, I don't think I don't I think, you, think I have answered. I think it. you did pretty well with the whole remix uh, side of things. Just the artist as editor and this kind of chooser, uh, kind of you know more emphasis, I guess, on the choosing. But I think oh yeah, and and I, I just remember something I, I was going to say. Um, the the NFT community may make me wonder when I. As I'm here with you all, and in, in in my time here, I'm two years here here in this community. It made it made me wonder: Can one image exist without text? Because before before the NFT community, uh, when I was like sharing image on Facebook, for example, in 2014, I was already sharing image like crazy, like even more back then. I I use it to share like 20, 25 images a day in, in my oh. in my Tux profile in my Tux profile back then. And not a single one of them had any text, had any title, hmm. had any descriptions. And and sometimes I wanted to go a little bit far. I did like some kind of numbers to the images. You feel yep, me? Yep. Like some kind of different text. And I, I do wonder. Can an image in the NFT community exist and be appreciated and even sell maybe without text? Well, I think those platforms force you to put text. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great question. And I think you might be right, Runtun. You might have to put text. Maybe you can put a little symbol. Uh, Slime, thank you for your patience and welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? Hey, hey. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good night. I'm calling from Dallas, I Texas. remember you, Slime. Thank Welcome back. Yeah, thanks for bringing me up again, guys. And Tukes, you're so cool, man. Like, I've been smiling this whole time. I love uh, I love the way you think about things, and I've loved the way uh, you've been explaining some of the ways you think in, in different ways about your process. Uh, some of the stuff I've been thinking, you guys kind of covered a little bit, but maybe I can rephrase some of it a little bit differently. Uh, I was thinking a lot about when we were talking about the considering traditional art to be original art. And anybody that is a traditional artist knows that you have this creative idea in your head and then you try and express it through your hand tool. And to express it through your hand tool correctly, takes an incredible amount of labor and skill to do it. And even if you have all that labor and skill, a lot of times that creative thought gets lost along the way when you're trying to express it with your hand. Uh, with AI, I think removing that part of the labor process allows you to explore that creative thought further. And I've wondered if you've had that experience 
that you felt like your creativity has actually gotten wider as you become this kind of curator of creativity uh, rather than a slave to the labor, you now can explore these creative thoughts further and wider than you could have before. Absolutely, Slime. Nice, nice speaking to you, my friend. And that's absolutely true. I, I actually believe maybe as human beings, we are maybe getting out of the labor era, maybe, because finally machines maybe take over and do the labor for us. So we have to start thinking, right? So we may do learn how to do curation more. We know how to select things more, how to edit things more. But the the like the this labor part of things that we often take a lot of time and stuff like that, maybe maybe it's gone, you know. But I I, I am not sure about this so much because uh, I was never like a, for example, when I, when I was doing like hand drawing, like drawing papers and murals on the streets and stuff like that, um, it was like manual, it's, it was like manual work, you know, it, it was like physical work, but I didn't have the, that is, skill set wall, you know? that blocks you from doing something, you know? For example, how am I going to draw a chair if I don't know how to draw, you know? It, it, it is, they pass this idea to you that you cannot draw a chair if you don't read a book that teaches how to draw a chair, you know? And I, don't be, I, I just don't believe this idea as an artist. I think you are able to draw a chair even if you don't know how to draw a chair, how how can you think of a chair? How can you, you know, you can, ex my point is, you can express yourself, you can create things, even without being the best pe person at something, you know? And then, and then you discover that by doing this, you actually learn learn a lot of new things, a lot of, a lot of different techniques, a lot of different things. You know, uh, I, I just I just don't like this idea that if you for you to do something, you have to learn something first. I just don't like this idea, and that's that's what that's one of, one of my biggest struggles. For example, in learning code art, for example, because if you are trying to learn generative art. You have to read and to do a lot of stuff before you actually learn something. That's that's most of the time, right? And then that's that's for example when I when I'm playing with generative art, I just like cut and copy, you know? I cut and copy and get all sorts of different types of codes together and try to play the to, to play the, the run button. What is going to happen? I have no idea, you know? What is going to appear on the screen? I have no idea. But this process fulfills me, you know? This makes me feel included, you know? Like this makes me feel part of something, you know? And that's really powerful to me. I don't care. I don't care about skills. I don't care about techniques. 
I don't care like how good you are at oil painting, for example, or oh, if you have like you study in all these fancy universities and stuff. I don't care of any of this. You can just express yourself. And you actually learn by doing this. You will become actually good at something at the end of the process. It's something that you you just learn. You just learn by doing it. You cannot read about it, you know? Absolutely fascinating. I mean, it's almost like the words that are passing through my head. It's like philosophy as art, you know? Abstraction here, as you keep saying, you know, just ideas. And as you say, it doesn't matter if you've trained your arm to be able to repeat something, you know, in a precious way. Uh, it is more just, you know, it's kind of back to where this show all started, which is absolute freedom uh, to a certain degree and not being, you know, as when you're in art school and not being trapped by, you know, and of course, everybody's an awesome artist when you're in art school at 17 or 18 years old. And there you are trying to figure everything out. Uh, so fascinating. Just absolutely fascinating. Chaz, welcome to the show. As we begin to wrap up here, uh, do you have a, where are you calling from? And do you have a question or comment for Tukes? I'm calling from Portland, Oregon. Um, I just had a comment about, about like, you know, I'm a disabled artist. So um, I use, I, I used to draw and paint and sketch and, and, and all that stuff, like with oils, acrylics, colored pencils, like thousand dollars of like freaking fine art pins uh, and whatnot back in the day. But 14 years ago, I had brain surgery. I had a traumatic brain injury and, um, Stuck with photography because I found a camera that I could shoot left-handed with. But then when AI came along and I figured out that I could actually sit down and put my words, like what I used to paint into words or draw or sketch and, and actually get some cohesive results out of it, close to like what I would used to use, used to like would have, would have, would have painted back then or drawn was to me, was like, well, this freaking game changer, dude. Like what I can do what? And then I learned that I could take my photography and throw it in there and then prompt on top of it. And I was like, oh, now it's really on, you know? And it's like, I've been running with that for the last two and a half years. And I've created some pretty amazing stuff. Like, so, you know, there's, there's also something to be said about like, you know, with, with AI art, like being like a tool for people like myself that have those sort of like physical limitations. And like, cause I lost use of my right hand. I only have use of my left hand. The only thing I use my right hand for I trained the index finger to be strong enough to hold down keyboard shortcuts in Photoshop. That's about it. You know what I mean? Absolutely, Chaz. I'm sorry. Have you finished your, your, your thoughts? No, I'm done. I'm, uh, uh, that's absolutely, that's a great point, Chaz, as well. For, uh, it's just absolutely a great, a great point Chaz brought to, to the stage. Because, for example, where, where I came from, you don't do all your painting, you know? Like you do graffiti and vandalism, you know? So because why, why I do say that? Because all oh, your paintings are expensive. And to buy all this material, it's not accessible, you know? And in my opinion, art must be accessible, you know? It must be something for everyone. It cannot be elitist, for example. So that, that is one thing that contributes to my philosophy as an artist as well. Amen. And you could even take that a step further and say, you know, part of the problem, if you're to say the contemporary art world has a problem, is it's become totally elitist. 
you know, what school did you go to? Oh, you went to that school. And so, oh, well, you didn't go to the fancy one. So therefore, you're not going to have a gallery and your career is over, you know, uh, to oversimplify the matter. But, you know, and it brings back that earlier issue you're mentioning, Tukes, about the expensiveness. And I guess you're just mentioning it now as well, uh, how expensive it is uh, to uh, make physical artwork and, you know, to put on a show, in my experience, it costs a couple, you know, at least in my experience, and I definitely am not a rich person, cost me a couple of thousand dollars or euros, you know, to put on. And that's a heck of a lot of money. You know, that's a few months rent, you know. And so here in the digital world, I mean, we kind of have it really good both ways in the sense that we, once you have your tools, they're fairly cheap and you, you basically have them. Maybe you pay for a ChatGPT or a mid-journey subscription, but, you know, a few works sold, uh, you can hopefully pay for that. And on the other side, we sell probably a lot more than physical artists, generally speaking, unless, you know, they're up at the t top 10%, probably sell quite well. But other than that, it's a heck of a lot easier to sell your work, I would argue, uh, digitally. So there, there is a... It's a fascinating aspect of this whole discussion. Uh, so I guess as we're wrapping up here, Tukes, I guess, do you have any final thoughts for us? Any big picture thoughts? Uh, what do you, you know, what are you excited about? Uh, do you have any big picture thoughts for us? Well, I'm just so, so happy to, to have enjoyed this moment with you all here. I don't do much spaces like talking. But when when it happens and some some someone invites me to to talk in the spaces and to share a bit of my story and my process, I just it's it's just an activity that it gets it gets me very anxious at the beginning, like very excited and anxious, and with with the heart beating faster, you know. And but at the end, I'm just completely relaxed. I'm just like really enjoying myself. And it's really important to share my story and the story behind the images and the concepts, I believe, because I think my art and my art practice is you understand it better when you know about me, you know? And, and, I, believe, and I believe for everyone in this space now, when you see my images now that you have heard from me, you are going to see something different because now you know who is doing, you know a little bit more about me. And that's, that's, that doesn't have like a, a price for this. And that means, that means a lot to me. And always, I'm always a fan of Pocobelli, Rumtum, of the, of the artist journal here on, on Twitter. And I'm always listening when I can. And that was a completely pleasure for me. And I want to, to, thanks, to thanks everyone that has listened to this space and uh, that came today. Thank you so much. Well, it was an, elec an electric space here today, Tukes. I was hanging off every word. And thank you for coming on today. Uh, it was absolutely fascinating. Hopefully, we can do this again in a few months. And if you ever have something big coming up, you just let me know, and we'll bring you back on. Uh, Runtune, do you have any final thoughts? Oh, thank you, Tukes. This was a, a really exciting space. Awesome. Well, 
Thank you so much, friends. Thanks for having me. And yeah, we, we will be chatting soon. I cannot say what, but hopefully one of one of my biggest achievements as, as an artist, commercially speaking, like marketing speaking, is going to happen in December this year. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. And hopefully, hopefully we can talk more about it. Soon. Oh, I'm, I almost had a question if any physical galleries have reached out, but maybe we'll save that. Did, have any or can you talk about that or should we just save that for another time? Yeah, I, I cannot I cannot talk any further about <laughs> okay. about about this opportunity, okay. but it's 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 wide, widely exciting for me as as an artist in a more commercial sense, like marketing speaking. Mm -hmm. It's a very, it's a milestone. So it's coming up in December and, and hopefully we can chat about it. I too. love it. Okay, awesome. Thank you once again, too. Thank you to Slime, Chaz, and thank you especially to Runetune. Glad you are in good health uh, joining us again. And thank you, everybody, for listening to this awesome space. Big shout out to Tukes. Go check out Tukes' work on Twitter, super rare, and all around the internet there. Thank you once again, everyone. Until next time. Take care.